Today, we'd like to share part two of our conversation with Valerie Lewis. As a reminder, Valerie is a spiritual intuitive, a reader, channeler, and founder of the Tarot Unicorns and Coffee Group here in Kansas City. Our conversations moved into divination tools, tarot, pendulum, studying moon cycles, just to name a few. To learn about Valerie, you can visit her website, goddesswithanattitude.com. And to contact myself or Lori, you can email spiritroadpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Awkwardly Zen Presents Spirit Road, a podcast about our spiritual journey where we can be awkwardly ourselves. It's a path that can be funny, absurd, enlightening, and life-changing all at the same time. Join us as we explore this mysterious world and life we live in. I'm Tim Behrens. I'm Laurie Hewitt. And this this is Spirit Spirit Road. So previously in our conversation, we were talking about what led you here on your spiritual path, Valerie, and law of attraction and uh, listening to messages and intuition and how to trust in those things. And it, for me, it brings up this curiosity because I know you do a lot with Tarot and that you've taught classes on pendulums before and that that's been a part of your journey. And I just love to hear your thoughts on like how those tools have helped you, how you discovered them, what do they do in relation to these, just these intuitive things that are coming through without tools? They have definitely, absolutely 1,000%. I, I hate when people say 1,000%, it's 100%. 100% <laughs> increased my skills and not just my skills, but my confidence, my confidence in my skills, my confidence in myself and my trust. And to give you an example, when I first started to row, I wasn't even sure the proper way to shuffle. There, There isn't a proper way if anyone's listening, but I didn't know. And I thought there was a proper way to shuffle, a proper way to pull the cards. I didn't know. And I had to ask my guides to show me how am I supposed to shuffle the cards? How am I supposed to pull the cards? How am I supposed to know this card is this card? And through that, I developed my own way of shuffling and picking cards. I don't, I almost never, sometimes I do, but I almost never pull cards off the top of my deck. It's, it's a way that I kind of find phantom out and I energetically know which cards to pull. And that came, so that was like me building my skill and not even knowing it just because I was just like, I got to pull cards, but I don't know which one to pull. Help me, help me. And that trust that knowing that when they say stop on this card, stop on this card because there were times when I didn't and it didn't turn out good. When they say that this card means something totally opposite than what Tarot means, go with that because there were times when I didn't listen. So there's a theme here. First, I don't listen. It doesn't work. And then I listen. So it's very much, it was very much a way for me. These tools that I use were a way for me to build my trust to tune in and be able to listen. And also on my Tarot journey, one of the best things that came from it, again, because I visited with a lovely psychic named Lori, um, who helped um, clue me into some of the things that were happening during my Tarot readings. I did start to hear voices. Like when I first started, the voices were always there, but I didn't know what they were and I ignored them. But I started to hear voices coming through more clearly as I got further 
progressed further along in my reading for others. And at a point, I started to notice that the voices sounded different. And I asked Lori, like, what is that about? And she was like, that's the difference between, I forget what she said. It was like the difference between my spirit guides and their spirit guides. However she put it, I was able to differentiate the different energies and realize that it wasn't just all chatter. There were different energies present. And once I was, that clicked in my brain, um, that different energies have different signatures or different voices. I was off and running. Then I started hearing deceased loved ones. I started hearing spirit guides that weren't mine. I started hearing, I don't even know what. It progressed into the late last year. I started hearing interstellars and that has an amazing, totally different energy signature. So by starting out with Tarot and using that as a tool to build my skills, it opened up doorways that I probably would have never easily stepped through on my own. So it's it's an excellent tool when you view it as a tool, not when you go to it as this thing, these this deck of cards is going to correct my life and make everything wonderful. But use it as a tool to tap into your intuition or a tool to connect with your spirit guides. And that's what's really helped me. I love that. That is so amazing. And just watching you expand as you've used the the cards and then really being able to not depend on them so much. It's like you still use them because I think they're helpful and they give someone concrete and a visual to connect things to. And the messages though, that you're giving folks is beyond that really, because you are listening and you are pulling through So that's wonderful that you were able to open those doorways um, and realize what you were hearing and what you were feeling. I think sometimes people don't do that. Yeah, I think sometimes there's a tendency to rely too heavily on the tool itself Mm -hmm. and not rely on what the tool can do for you, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Yeah. yeah, I try to make sure that I maintain that balance and that I'm not and this this has come part of my journey too. Um, again, from the amazing psychic Lori, who I've received many readings from, but she she was one of the people that helped point out how I do need to differentiate between the tool and my gifts. Um, the message has come through several times that I need to not not get away from tarot, but that the messages come through more powerfully when it's just me receiving the messages as opposed to um, an intermediate, a middleman, the tools. Mm -hmm. Um, So that has helped me a lot to realize that these tools are fun, but they're just tools. Your connection with spirit, the messages you receive are the most important benefit of using the tools. Well, and I I really love the way that you framed that too, where I've, I've kind of thought of tarot and pendulums and things almost like a one-way street where the tool is kind of um, cluing you into an intuition or something. It's a focal point that allows you to, um, almost like meditation, you you focus on the breath. In this case, you're focusing on the cards and the cards are telling you a story that you're interpreting for whoever it is you're with. Mm-hmm. But that idea that it's really a two-way street and the fact that your intuition is also interpreting how you use the cards and that the two of them together can really create a nice framework for being able to do a reading for someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. How did you come to the pendulum? 
and working with the pendulum because the class that you teach around that is magnificent. I've taken it twice with you. And every time I, I hear something new or hear something in a different way that resonates. But how did you find the pendulum? That's a great question. I'm racking my brain. I don't know that I remember. I can tell you why I was attracted to it. I was attracted to it because when I first learned about the pendulum, it was a way to get a yes, no answer. Mm -hmm. And it was early on my path and I needed a lot of yes, no answers. Like, am I supposed to do this or not? Just, I need to know right now. Mm -hmm. And so the pendulum was a great tool for that. It wasn't like, I I don't have to pull a spread and try to interpret all all the different cards, you know. It was just hold this tool and get a yes, no answer. So that's what attracted it to me at first. Mm -hmm. Um, I found out, of course, as we start working with tools that it's a lot, it has, it's so versatile. It has so many other uses than just yes, no. And again, it tuned me into my intuition. I do know that I didn't realize when I first started using a pendulum, how spiritually connected I would be. I I do remember the first times I used the pendulum, I thought the pendulum was the magic. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that there was a different connection and that there was different energies at play. So I do remember that, but I honestly can't remember what, like, was it somebody I saw or I don't remember. (laughs) That's okay. I find the pendulum, I like it and I'm using it more and more. And I think probably since I've taken your class, uh, I find that I, I use it a, a little more often. And like you, I what I'm realizing is, for me, it feels like it's a connection to my higher self, who I feel like really knows the answers that I'm seeking. And so I will hear something, I'll hear spirit give me something, and then if I'm doubting it or if my ego's too involved in the outcome, I grab my pendulum and ask for verification and ask the question again. And then usually, because it is coming, if it is coming from spirit, then yes, the pendulum shows that. Absolutely. And I like you, it's like, I think it's a great way to, for those discernments sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. My experience with it has been similar in thinking about it as a way of communicating with the higher self and not to say that something else couldn't come through. But what was really interesting to f- for me when I first started working with it was how often in looking for a yes or no answer, I wasn't getting the answer that I was hoping for or wanting. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, well, there's some kind of, w- you're holding the pendulum, there's little micro movements, little muscle movements, things that are are having it swing in certain ways. And on some level, consciously, I'm, I, or, or maybe subconsciously, I'm doing this, but uh, it's kind of like muscle testing too. You know, it's it's a mystery to me how you experience resistance in asking questions, Mm -hmm. you know, more resistance if it's a no or whatever. I may have that wrong. But yeah, I was really surprised at how often I got answers that I was not wanting to get. And that was where I thought, well, maybe this is something I should listen to. Be it higher self, be it subconscious, being spirit guides, whatever it would be, there is a part of me that's telling me things that consciously I do not want to hear. (laughs) And I will try to trick it. It's like, okay, early on, especially to prove to myself that this was real and really coming from spirit, I would think the answer that I wanted or the answer I didn't want. And then the answer would come through the pendulum. And most of the times it was the opposite of whatever I was trying to manage, you know, think and make it happen. So to me, that 
in a way prove to me that yes, this is coming from someplace beyond me Mm -hmm. and coming through me somehow. There's another aspect that comes to mind for me too. Like I think about Reiki as a modality. It's this very passive form of energy where you're facilitating, you're holding space for someone, but the energy you're working with is coming from source. And you're not setting intention so much as trusting that the receiver of that energy, that their body, spirit, emotional, physical, will know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Bringing this back to the pendulum, I've just noticed like um, our friend Jillian, who does clearings and things, she uses a pendulum for clearings, that it's almost a way of taking yourself out of the equation a little bit. Say, I'm going to work with energy. I, um, it's not really about setting intention, but it's about having having something beyond your conscious self that can tell you this is done or this is cleared or there's still work that needs to be done here or for a medical intuitive that uses it, they're going over a series of questions and having an answer. Yes, no. And they're kind of, it's a way of removing the ego out of that process um, and connecting maybe to a higher self or guide or whatever it might be. I agree. One of my favorite things to say about the pendulum because uh, a lot of people will question, like as you're holding it, mm-hmm. they'll say, "Well, you're moving that. You're giving. You're getting the answer you want." When you're really tapped in and tuned in, first of all, you're not. But uh, well, you are, but you're not. But anyway, but you're holding it, and so they'll say, "Well, you're moving that," and I'll be like, "Yeah, but who's moving me?" <laughs> so it, it's like there's something bigger at play here. Even if my hand is moving it, source is moving my hand and telling, you know, the source is moving and directing this energy. That is a profound question. Yeah. <laughs> Who is moving me? I love that. Not just for the pendulum, but for other things as well. Exactly. For life in general. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, are there any other tools that have come into your awareness in recent times, Valerie? Anything that you're interested or working in? I know you do some work in your group with um, moon cycles, I guess. Would that be the correct term? I love, love. This is fairly, I say fairly new. And every time I think back, I'm like, no, I've been doing this for about a year now. Um, It still feels new for me. um, But working, which is funny because I've worked with it in past lifetimes. Working with the moon energy is so it's a definitely another tool being able to look up into the skies and realize that these things were all present before I existed while I was born. They were in certain placements. They had certain effects on the energies of the earth. How can I now use those energies to my benefit in my life? And that's been really, really fun to, I, I guess that's one of the, that's one of the tools that I look at. And I don't even really categorize it as a tool because it's just been so fun. And I guess those are the best tools. Um, But yeah, getting lined up with astrological energies and the moon energies has just been so much fun and such a delight. And it's, it works. I mean, it helps. I can tell, you know, there, there have been times as an empath where I'm just like, where is this coming from? Okay. Let me make sure this isn't my energy and it's not my energy. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? And that's when it will dawn on me. Look up to the sky, see what's going on. Where's where's the moon in your chart? And and sure enough, it's like I'm angry and it's in the sign of Aries. And I'm just like, all right, okay. <laughs> well, you think about the moon, you know, it controls the tides for Pete's sake, mm-hmm. you know? And so of course it's gonna have an energetic effect on us. And I think we we've moved so far from that connection 
with the natural rhythm of things that we forget that, that the moon goes through phases and it does have an impact on us as human beings because we go through phases as well. Mm -hmm. And I think too, even going further than that, I think it has an effect on us. Genetically might not be the right word, but and our ancestors followed those planetary. They didn't have Rolexes and digital clocks. They followed those ancient ways and the seasons mm -hmm. and they were more in touch with nature. And so that has been, in my opinion, passed down through our DNA, whether we're physically aware of it or not. We still have those things in our body that react at a full moon because that's what kept us alive in the past. Or that react, you know, when it was bright, that's when you can go out. When it's a new moon, that's probably when you should stay at home. You can't see the cheetah in the in the bushes so well. <laughs> so we had these things that were, you know, protective measures when we dealt with nature and we lived by nature that are just part of us still. And so we still react in those ways, even if we're not consciously aware of it. That's what I believe anyway. Yeah. yeah, super interesting. It kind of reminds me, well, going back to the the water aspects, the moon controlling the tides and things, mm -hmm. thinking that we are 80% water, it's like, how would that not have an effect on us in some way or another? Right. Uh, or or even throwing another level, thinking about Masuro Emoto, I think, hopefully yeah. I'm saying his yeah. name, the hidden messages in water, this idea that our intentions can affect the the makeup or the structure of water, and then bringing that back into the cycles and this idea that, yeah, well, there, at one point in time, we were very connected with nature. We looked to it for messages. Uh, we followed the, the seasons and the cycles in ways that were more in tune with our culture and our way of being. And as we connect to that again, it's like, because in, in some ways we've separated ourselves as a society from these, but they're still there, right? So it's, yeah. it's almost like you're tapping into this this ancient art of discernment through connecting with your environment and realizing you're not apart from it. Yeah. So Valerie, you do actually groups at the new moon and the full moon, correct? You want to speak to that just a little bit? I call them celebrations. I don't call them, I don't know all the other names, but I call them celebrations because again, I have so much fun with it. Um, so I do it in partnership with Robin Poole. Um, you can find it on Tarot Unicorns and Coffee Meetup Group. But we do new moon and full moon. And what we do is we explain the phase for for beginners. What do you do under a new moon? What do you do under a full moon? Then we explain where it's placed in the sky. So if it's a new moon in Capricorn, what are Capricorn energies and how do those affect what's going on with the new moon? So I give that part of it because I'm more focused on the moon. And then Robin, who is a bona fide astrologer, gives the bigger, broader picture about other things that are at play in the heavens and with astrological signs. So all of that together gives everyone a really, I believe, a big view, a good picture, a good understanding of what's going on and how you can, if you choose, tap into these energies and pull these energies in to benefit you. That's why we do them, so that you can be aware that these energies are around you. How can they benefit you in your personal life, reaching your personal goals or your spiritual goals? And yeah. you do these awesome uh, meditations as a part of that, which are always incredibly helpful. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes. And I'm starting to do moon journals. So I've been, that's been one of my goals for a while now. And I'm starting to write those out and get those, get those uh, published, hopefully. <laughs> Excellent. Right, right now they're being, they will be self-published, but right now they're, they're as downloadable. Um, and that's just been fun too. 
It's just another way for people to look at the calendar and be able to see without having to go to their computer and log in and put their, you know, all. just look at the calendar and be able to see, oh, where's the moon at today? Oh, what could that mean for me today? Oh, maybe I should move that appointment back two days because, you know, it's more favorable for the energies, whatever. That sounds like such fun. And where can folks find those? Oh, good question. Um, on my website. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Okay. Can you, uh, sure. As as we're kind of winding down here, can you tell us again where where um, your website, your meetup group, just anything else you'd care to share? Yeah, the best point of contact would be my website, goddesswithanattitude.com, because that's going to give you all the ways to get in touch with me. And then my meetup group, where I host almost all of the events, uh, is Tarot Unicorns and Coffee. It's tarot-unicorns-coffee on meetup.com. And that's where you can see all of the events that we do. Great. That's yeah. so exciting. This has been so fun. Yeah. It was wonderful to have you join us. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Valerie. Thank you. Thank you.